Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. As Christine just said, we'll have Howie Long live in a little more than a half hour on the Goodyear hotline as we come to you live every day from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. I got a million things to jam into this hour, so let's get right to it. Nuno's Notes. What's going on, Nuno? Not much, Greeny. Nuno is a unique personality. There's just that je ne sais quoi. He puts notes on all of the games into the Google Doc for me. I'm definitely a savant. And I like it. I just enjoy it. Nuno's Notes. Nuno's Notes uh, sure. are good. Let's do it. They're good this week. We, we got some good ones from yesterday. So, Giants over Panthers, Nuno's Note. If the Giants actually had an offensive line, Daniel Jones could be their quarterback of the future. Here's going to be the hardest thing about the Giants. They are most certainly not a playoff team this year. So, Nuno, how will that question about them be answered? What, what will the outcome of all of this from a Giants quarterback perspective be going into next season? I think it will have to be against in those games that they play against teams that are, I would say, evenly matched, right? So, the you know, you still have two with the Eagles. You have – you play Chicago. You have another game with Washington, the Dolphins. I think it's how does he look against teams that you sh- have a chance to beat versus how is he going to look this – you know, on Monday night coming up against the Chiefs and things of that nature – that's where I need to see him play well, like he did yesterday. So, because to me, the, the, they have two choices. You're certainly not signing him to a long-term contract. That's not even one of the choices. One, you pick up the fifth-year option, so you make a little bit of a commitment in him, and you say, all right, we're going to give it at least one more year with him as our quarterback, or you go all in at one of the big names who might become available, Aaron Rodgers, whoever it is. I don't know if any of those guys are going to be interested in the Giants or not. I could see there being some things about the Giants they like. But one of the questions is, who's going to be making these decisions? Is the general manager going to be out? Is the coach going to be out? I, I think there are a lot of questions to be answered. Uh, it, it's, it's rare that you come out of a 25-3 win and you say to yourself, I still have more negative things to say than positive, but that kind of is the way it feels. You think Aaron Rodgers is dying to play for Joe Judge? I don't. I don't think, that, I don't think any of those guys would even consider playing for Joe Judge, mm. and that's part of the point right. that I'm making here is if you're going to try – because Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are coming as a package deal somewhere. So if you, what you do is you go out and you get yourself a coach. I'm talking about any team – that wants to sign them, get a coach they're going to be excited to come mm. play for. I don't think they have that. Nuno's notes. Next game, Patriots-Jets. Nuno writes, the Jets organization from top to bottom are in over their heads when it comes to this football thing. And he's right. The Jets might be good at some things. Football's not one of them. They have a bunch of people in there who don't know enough about football to be doing this. I'm not even joking. If you're with me in our first hour today, I told you the Jets are not a bad team. They're a bad idea. They're ill-constructed. They have no chance, and they didn't before the whole thing began. And anyone who really understands should have seen that coming. So I put this exclusively on the people at the top of the organization. A few more. Packers beating up on Washington. Nuno writes, the Packers are 6-1, and but do you know if they're any good? Because I don't. I think that's a really good question. We'll find out Thursday night. They're at Arizona. What is the line on that game, Hembo? The Cardinals are minus 3.5. That's what it opened. Cardinals minus three and a half. That's all. That's all. Interesting. That's an interesting game. We're going to find out a lot about both teams. Like right now, it's fashionable to say, and I think appropriate to say, that the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL. And we're going to find out about Rodgers. And, and they, they're, they're six and one. I mean, no matter how you slice it, six and one is six and one. 
So it's kind of hard not to say it. I'm just going to skip down here and do one more because I want to get some, I'm sorry, Watson. Uh, Bucks 38, Bears 3. Nuno writes, Nagy's not good at his job, but maybe he was right. Fields wasn't ready. The only thing I'd say about Fields is how can you tell? Like, they have two separate occasions where they tell him in his helmet, there's 12 men on the field, snap the ball fast, and he throws a jump ball in consecutive weeks, and both of them get intercepted. Like, and Rex said, that's a fireable offense if it happens once. <laughs> this is happening back-to-back weeks. It's unimaginable. And their offensive line is atrocious. So I would say, if I were giving Justin Fields a grade, I would grade him as incomplete. Because I don't think you have, I don't think he has any chance to succeed. Now, it looks awful, and you can't give him any credit because it looks so bad. But at this point, I don't think that there's, I don't think you can look at that and, and, and assess much of the blame to him. Does that seem like I'm giving him too much of a pass? I don't, I don't think so. Greeny, do you think it's hyperbole to say that he is among the best athletes who ever played the quarterback position, given his, given his speed and his athleticism? No, the measurables would say it's not hyperbole. They've not run one designed run for him. Not one designed quarterback run in either of the last two games. How is that possible? You wouldn't... If Michael Vick was your starting quarterback, you wouldn't opt not to run him, except when he was running for his life. That's what the Bears are doing. Yeah, they, they, they just don't know what they're doing either. So, <laughs> look, these are the two teams I care about, is the Jets and the Bears. And yesterday, they lost by a combined score of 92-16. to 16. So you tell me how my day is going. I'm sorry, what? what, what? I'm sorry, what, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, and so every day around this time, we will pick out the most interesting of sound bites, and we will play them for you here. I think I have that. Is, is this the first interception soundbite from Fields? Is that, I'm going to skip the order here because we were just talking about it. Correct. I'm going to play the Fields. So this is Fields explaining what happened in his helmet when he threw what essentially was a jump ball on his first interception. Yeah, so um, that was third down. Um, in the headset, they were telling me we had 12 men on the field, so I was trying to snap the ball quick. And then um, me snapping the ball quick, I think it caught our receivers off guard because we were trying to get a flag. So me thinking that we have 12 men on the field, you know, that's a free play. So I'm thinking, all right, scrambling you know, around and stuff like that. And then, of course, see A-Rob downfield, and you think he slips. And then, of course, the pick. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, just trying to get him – 12 people on the field and then just went back from there. So, yeah. All of that sounds great, but the problem is there weren't 12 people on the field. I just want to make it clear. It may have looked at times like the Bucks were playing with 12 men on the field on defense because of how dominant they were. Uh, and Via Vea might look like two people, but they were not. They did not have an extra man on the field. And that is Justin Fields throwing his coach under the bus. There's no two ways about it. He doesn't have to tell the world that. Nagy didn't tell the world that. His post-game press conference, he didn't defend his quarterback by telling us that. Fields had to tell us that. So that's one to watch. What a disaster. What a disgrace they are. I mean, that's just horrendous. You're the coach. you got to get up there right after the game and say, that's on me. That's on me. We gave him bad information. Don't blame that one on my quarterback. But this is the same coach that, re- that took credit when he changed play callers and Justin Fields played well in his first game. Yes. So this is par for the course. And that's real, right? Right. That's what he said. That's real, right? Right. He felt good about himself. Right. That's real. You know, according to Forbes, <laughs> companies are working to fill millions of jobs in an epic hiring spree. Where do they turn ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates, makes it easy to invite your top choices to apply. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Robert Sala is next. After his team was humiliated yesterday, he was asked if he needs to blow up at them. Do they need a stern talking to? And 
He doesn't seem to think so. No, these are grown men in this league, and I refuse to believe otherwise. These men play their tails off. They go to work, and they have a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride in the locker room. There's a lot of pride throughout the NFL in terms of they're putting on tape, and they're showing out, and they're trying to play for one another and their their teammates or family. There's a lot of whys for why people show up. So if you need somebody, and it's just my opinion, to be in your butt yelling at you to get going, playing a child's game at a king's ransom, then you don't deserve to wear the logo, period. And I know we got great character guys. I know they were playing their butts off. It's just every once in a while you get your excuse my language, you get your teeth knocked in. Well, it's not exactly Vince Lombardi, is it? Um, you know, the only thing I'll say is if you have one bad, disinterested-looking game, I get that. But this is every week. Every week the Jets look like that. They look like they're going through the motions. So whatever pride in their professionalism you're counting on, Coach, it's not happening. So maybe you want to try a little bit of that legendary fire that we all saw from you, at least on the sidelines in San Francisco. Because... Right now, counting on them to do it themselves is not working. I'm going through the Jet games in my head this year. They, they competed in the Carolina game, mm-hmm. and they beat Tennessee. Am I forgetting another game? Is there another game in which they competed at all? Do you consider the Atlanta game where they sort of— No! You they were awful in the Atlanta game. Awful. That was the game in England? That's right. Oh, my God. They were horrendous. How about the Denver game? <laughs> the Denver game, they might as well, just as well have not flown to. <laughs> Like the Denver game, they might as well have just saved the airfare. They don't pay airfare. It's not like they're on United (laughs) Airlines. Save the jet fuel and and not bothered flying. They could still be playing that game. They wouldn't have scored in that game. They're not competing. So this professionalism you're counting on, it's not happening. It's just not happening. I want to hear Mahomes. Let's do one more. Uh, This is Patrick Mahomes, whose team scored three points yesterday and got beaten down by Tennessee. And Mahomes has thrown a pick in six consecutive games. Here was Mahomes yesterday. We have enough leaders in this team. We have to find a way. I mean, I don't know what that's going to take yet. We'll go in. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. We'll watch the film. Um, but I trust that we'll find it. I mean, that, that's what's part of leadership. That's what part of great teams are is being able to battle through adversity. And we've, it's been uh, kind of uh, rainbows and flowers and awesome for these last few years. But uh, whenever you want to build something substantial and you want to build something great, it, you're going to go through parts like this. So there you go. And Patrick Mahomes, unlike the previous soundbite we just played, he has built up the benefit of the doubt. He's entitled to have a bad day, a bad day or even a bad stretch. And so has that team, because we've seen it with our own eyes. I have faith in him to figure this thing out. You develop that. You earn that in the National Football League, as you do in almost any other field or endeavor. We will have uh, Howie Long, the great Howie Long, the Hall of Famer, live in about 20 minutes here. But up next, it's your turn. Let's get the hot takes going here. I want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Time for your hot takes coming off an NFL Sunday. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests like Howie Long in about 12 or 13 minutes on the Goodyear hotline. We're looking forward to that. But right now, it is time for your calls. I've given you my hot takes. Now I want yours. Your chance to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Bubba, who's first up? Yeah, first up, we're going to start with Tyrone. All right, Tyrone, give me a hot take. You're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Go. It's time for John Lynch and Mike, I mean, Shanahan to go. I'm tired of them. We scored the touchdown on the same three plays. He hasn't drafted no number one receiver since he's been there. He traded Buckner for a player that doesn't even play for our team no more. I mean, he's not been on the field. It's time for Shanahan to go. I'm sick of Shanahan. It's time for him to go. It's remarkable. Tyrone, thank you for the call. It really is amazing. Kyle Shanahan is a guy who, in one breath, people will say, is the most brilliant offensive mind in the entire sport, can create a running game under any circumstances. Whatever quarterback gets drafted by him is the the lucky one, whatever it is, will automatically be great because he's so brilliant. In the meantime, outside of that one year, he's never won anything. They never win. Outside of that one year, he has coached 54 games for the 49ers. How many have they won? Yeah, and and they'll point to injuries, but out of those 54, I'm going to guess they've won 20? 18. 18? 18 and 36 aside from that 2019 season. Fans, I don't blame the fan for being frustrated in San Francisco. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Jeff. Jeff, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give me a hot take, Jeff. Hey, Greeny, my hot take is, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, Greeny. I was mm-hmm. telling Nuno, I eat, sleep, and you know what, Miami Dolphins football. <laughs> I've been a Dolphins fan for 41 years. I have a Miami Dolphin tattooed on my leg with the number 13 under. I will not root for this team as long as Chris Greer and Brian Flores are running the show. I have sweatshirts, $65 still on the tag that I put in a bag yesterday and put on St. Mary's, and I donated them. I will not root for this team. I do not blame Tua, but I do blame Chris Green and Brian Flores. Thanks, Greedy. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the passion. I totally get it. I fully understand your feelings. And by the way, right now, the Eagles have the Dolphins pick this coming year, which at this moment would be the second pick in the draft. The second pick in the draft, the Dolphins traded away in this, and they have Tua, and these other teams have Herbert and Burrow and all the rest of it. And Tua didn't even play badly yesterday. He threw one terrible interception in the end zone. Right now, the problems there are not all him, but they're just so much worse. It's back-to-back weeks they lose on the last play of regulation on these field goals. The Dolphins are, are, are the biggest 
Could we say they're the biggest disappointment relative to expectation in the sport? It's more people were picking them to make the playoffs yeah. two months ago. Them in Washington, I, I think, are the two biggest disappointments. Uh, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Uh, we got Cully. All right, Cully, give me a hot take. Uh, short and easy. The Steelers will win their next three games and be at least share a lead of the AFC North after three weeks. Well, Hoka, let me go to the schedule here. Let me see who Pittsburgh's got. They were on a bye yesterday, so I didn't have them on the brain this morning. Here we go. Pittsburgh's next three games. They're at Cleveland. Home Bears, home Lions. Yeah, they should win those games. I mean, the the the, well, the Cleveland game is an interesting one. I really don't know what to expect there. Is Baker going to play? They have all yeah. this extra time. Are the running backs coming back? We got to check in on the Browns. They've been out of sight, out of mind a little bit here. Um, when last seen, they were keeping their season alive to some degree. So we'll see. But then the Bears, they should win that easily. Lions, they should win. Then they're at the Chargers and at the Bengals. That's going to be the Steelers' season right there. At the Chargers, at the Bengals. Do the Steelers give you a season? Let's see if they can win one of those two games. Granny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? We got Donovan. Donovan, give me a hot take. The Carolina Panthers will get Deshaun Watson. I don't think I think the Panthers fans, they're starting to lose a little bit of confidence in the Sam Darnold, man. Robbie Anderson should have like five touchdowns this year, man. And Raider Nation, they feel good, don't it? That's all I got, man. Yeah, you know, it's a good. You know, so, so I'm I'm looking this up because there was a note that I saw that went out a little while ago from our desk about Watson. Did you see it, Hembo? Do you know what I'm talking about? Stand by. There was a note about with like an update on on the Deshaun Watson to Carolina thing. Uh, Jeremy Fowler's source is that Deshaun Watson, armed with a no trade clause, is willing to consider multiple options for a new team in a trade. Everyone thinks it's Miami or bust. One emerging option is the Carolina Panthers who are evaluating their pursuit of a franchise quarterback after their ugly loss yesterday. The going expectation is Carolina could reignite Watson talks soon. Uh, it is important to point out for anyone who's not aware that Deshaun Watson is a long way away from being able to play. He has a ton of legal issues that are going to have to get resolved one way or another, and then the league is going to have to decide. I mean, we don't know what's going to become of any of that. I would not expect Deshaun Watson to play this season. Would you? I would not. And the trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. Right. So that's why this this talk will start heating up here. Uh, but I would be surprised if anything happens because you're really taking a chance if you're an acquiring team. Uh, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Sam. Sam, give me a hot take. Yeah, Ron Rivera will be fired at the end of the season. They're, Washington's problems is not just the players. It's the coaching. Look, I mean, I can't defend it. I thought this was a great team. When you have a team that looks like it should be as good as that team is, and it is underachieving to the degree it is, I know that they were counting on having Fitzpatrick, but no one has ever said, well, if it was, if only we had Ryan Fitzpatrick, we'd be a Super Bowl team. That is supposed to be a great defense. You know what they're ranked on defense? They're awful. They were 31st going into this game, weren't they? They're dead last. They're, they're now dead last. last. I mean, they're just the they're the worst. That's incredible. They're the worst defense in the NFL. Wow, I, I don't know what to say. So, I mean, no one is safe when that happens. How could you defend anybody involved? That's just terrible. Uh, Bubba, give me another one. Let's go to Lucky in Texas. All right, Lucky, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny, I cleaned out my truck yesterday. I got eleven dollars and sixty-eight cents. I want to buy the Jets. <laughs> I want to sell them to you, Lucky. I, look, my whole life, I've always said, like, I'm not, 
I was never going to be a football player. I'd give anything to own the Jets. And I tell you right now, I would do a better job than the guy who does. Um, and, and you don't want to be impulsive. And, I mean, Robert Sala and this staff, they've coached six games now. So, I mean, can I sit here and say that you're cleaning house and you're firing? It's just too soon for that. But they're so bad. Like, and they're so ill-constructed. Like, they're just put together. If you're just joining me here, I said this earlier on the show, and I said it on TV, too. The Jets aren't a bad team. They're a bad idea. They were they're a, they're an organizational failure, a full organizational failure. When you put people in positions they're not capable of handling, that's your fault. Not their fault. Robert Sala looks overmatched. M- Mike LaFleur looks overwhelmed. I mean, I I, I don't even know that he knows what's going on. L- L- Mike LaFleur is I can't even say he's a bad offensive coordinator. I don't even know if he's actually doing anything. There's no, there's nothing obvious to suggest that he's doing anything. He looks lost, confused, terrible. The Jets are terrible. And it comes from the top down. So I completely agree. It's a great call. It's a perfect way to end it there. Howie Long will join me. Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. This is Greeny. We are on ESPN Radio. We stream with you every single day on ESPN Plus. And every now and again, it is our delight to welcome in the Hall of Famer. You see him every weekend doing a great job on Fox Sports there during the NFL. The one, the only Howie Long is back with us here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Howie Long. Good morning, partner. How are you? I'm well. It's been a long time. It's always a delight. Anytime we get a chance to catch up, you know how much I enjoy watching you and your crew there every week. All right. I want to start with your old team, the Raiders. And when all of that stuff happened with John Gruden, and, and, and by now we're all well aware of what it all was, I said that this is a situation that is completely unprecedented, at least to my knowledge, in the history of sports. It's one thing for a coach to leave in the middle of the season. It's another thing under those circumstances. And we wondered on, on our TV show in the morning, how will this team respond to that? Now, it's probably too soon to say that they've won two games, I guess, since then. And they look great. In so doing, what have you seen, Howie? What does it tell you about this team that they have come back from this unimaginable set of circumstances and have looked so good doing it? Well, you know, it was unimaginable. Uh, I think it was a shock for for everyone. And, and you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not sure where it's headed in terms of, you know, emails you know, in, in terms of not just John Gruden, but, you know, I think uh, the government is now trying to force 
mm-hmm. the uh, the league to release some mm-hmm. some other emails. Yep. <clears throat> and if that happens, you know, you know, who knows? Pandora's box opens up, and and uh, we've got a, a an even bigger uh, story or or bigger issue to deal with around the league. It, you know, it was a shock, and I think it was a shock for everyone in that building. And, you know, John, John is, you know, obviously a heck of a football coach and a larger than life character. And when that suddenly stops immediately and, you know, you, you get the, the initial kind of news on Friday and then, you know, you're trying to absorb, I think, all all that there was and you know because john runs pretty much everything or he ran pretty much everything so they make the decision to move on and i think the team was in shock um and i i think then the team is going to go in one of two different directions and i and i said this yesterday on our show because charles woodson sat down with Derek carr and you know, I thought it was an interesting conversation. My thing with Derek has always been take that next step. Mm-hmm. Be the guy that, you know, dominates the room, that, that leads the team. And <clears throat> I felt like it was an opportunity with John not there because John cast such a big shadow from a football standpoint, standing on the sideline, you know, the offense, it's, it's, it's about John. When in reality, it should be about Derek, and it, it should be about him leading the team because in order for the team to thrive, I felt like Derek needed to take the bull by the horns. <clears throat> and I think he has. And and certainly there's a, there are a number of quality pieces around him uh, in the skill positions. Uh, and I think the offensive line has been kind of a, a – patchwork kind of question mark had a couple of injuries and you're moving people around but i i think the general kind of foundation of things is and i look back to mike mayock and i say why do you bring character guys in you bring character guys in because in situations like this when character is needed to overcome something as significant as this uh, and I think uh, they've responded, and I, I think it's really, it's really been a a, a great story. Uh, now you know they're sitting at five and two, and they're in the bye, and and that's exactly where you want to be. And I think you know maybe they can gather themselves now and and get healthier and uh, try to figure things out. But <clears throat> two things needed to be addressed. One was the emails themselves. And, you know, we address it on our show, you address it on your show, mm-hmm. and it's unacceptable and it's toxic and, you know, it it, it reflects poorly on, on the team and the league and, and, and all of those things. And it, it became readily apparent that, you know, John could no longer coach the football team. Now, you know, is redemption in his future? You know, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not God, I'm not judge jury and executioner i don't know what canceling really means uh but uh you know maybe that's down the road but i don't think it's in the form of being a head coach in the nfl 
that being said, <clears throat> the second thing that needed to be addressed, and, and I think the first thing needed to be addressed immediately, mm-hmm. and the second thing to me was Part B. And Part B is, wait a second. There were seven, 800,000 emails from the Washington football team investigating conduct that was unbecoming the league or the team, etc. And you mean to tell me the only person that gets fired is the head coach of the Raiders? Mm. <clears throat> now, having played there starting in 1981, you have to understand there's a certain amount of paranoia <laughs> about the team and the league. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's understandable where I think Mark would be, you know, he's upset about two things. One is John, that's part, part one. Part two is how did this happen? You know, and why did it get dumped on our lap on a Friday, a third of the way through the season or part of it. And then the rest of it over the course of the weekend, uh, and, and to me, that was I, – I don't have the answers to that question, and I, and I know there are kind of rumors about potentially where that came from, <clears throat> and that might end up you know, opening Pandora's box, but we'll see about that. So I, I, the, the important thing is I think Derek Carr has taken ownership of the team Rich Versace has done a great job. I think Mike Mayock has brought in quality people that can respond in these kinds of crisis. Uh, and that's the important thing. Greeny and Howie Long with us with an excellent explanation of the things going on with the Raider team that, again, you don't want to say the least important thing is that they're 5-2 and two and actually have a chance at a great season. But in the big picture, it, it all kind of comes together. Uh, next stop, Thursday night, this coming week. Fascinating game. The Cardinals have been unbelievable. They, they, they ju- have justified everyone saying right now they're the best team in the NFL. They will get Rodgers and Devontae and those guys on Thursday night in their own building in, in, in Arizona. Um, Rodgers is 6-1 and one with a team that is, has looked underwhelming at times. So what are your thoughts? Those two teams, that game, and, and, and what it means in the big picture with the NFC. Well, I, I thought Aaron kind of, yeah, and, and Aaron's amazing, and Devontae Adams is amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, Jones is amazing, and and there's a lot to like in Green Bay, and they've had some injuries, you know, particularly on defense, and and you know they get Bakhtiari back, and then that sets off a domino of you know the offensive line being <clears throat> stable. I think he described it as a scrappy win. Uh, you know, I think the thing that makes him optimistic is this offense is not where it can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's scary in and of itself. And I, I'm sure on defense when you're talking about maybe having the best corner or one of the best top two or three corners in the league uh, sitting on the sideline, you know, that has a ripple effect on your defense also. But I think Green Bay is kind of an unfinished product. I think Steve Keim out in Arizona – you take a quarterback in the first round out of UCLA and you're looking at this kid from Oklahoma and you're saying, my God, he is, (laughs) he is just, I've never seen anything like him. Uh, I I need to move on from the first round pick I just took 
I'm going to reset the organization, and then I'm going to bring in Hopkins. I'm going to bring in A.J. Green. Uh, you draft more for speed, Kirk, Edmonds. You bring in Connor. You bring in uh, you bring in uh, J.J. Watt. <clears throat> you know Simmons, Collins at linebacker, Buda Baker um, quietly, and I and I think it's. I think it's probably maybe where the team, you know, makes its home. If this were New Jersey, if this were New Jersey or Dallas or you know New York, uh, I think it would be more of a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think they've gotten everyone's attention. They're for real, and Kyler Murray is is a guy that uh, you don't really have an answer for. You know, it's a league filled with the best athletes and the fast athletes in the world and he makes everyone look average the biggest question that i have with arizona is this is you know you look at kyler murray and two things stand out what i just talked about how dynamic he is how athletic he is and and all of those things and he could throw from the pocket he could throw on the move he's he's amazing uh then you see size and you go there's a reason why there's weight classes in boxing and <laughs> you know mma and mm-hmm. And all that big truck beats little truck all the time. Can that one hit that you know happened last year towards probably two thirds of the way through the season, and then they kind of went in a little bit of a tailspin? I think Kyler Murray, if he's upright and he's he's functioning, uh, that team is going to be very difficult to beat. And I think they feel very confident with Green Bay coming in this week. Greeny and the great Howie Long with us on the Goodyear Hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. You know, it's interesting. There are no teams in the AFC with one loss or fewer. In the NFC, you have Dallas at 5-1, and one, Green Bay at 6-1, <clears> and one, Tampa 6-1, and one, Arizona 7-0, and oh, the Rams at 6-1. and one. So the NFC right now really feels where it's all kind of loaded up out there. And, and give me one quick final thought. I just have a minute. One quick final thought on Tampa. I mean, they just obliterate the Bears yesterday. <clears throat> um, and, and Brady, right now I had guys on the TV show this morning saying he looks as good as he has ever looked in his career at the age of 44. How about him and them? He he chose he chose wisely, mm-hmm. and it, you know it was the first opportunity for him to actually choose. Mm-hmm. He chose Tampa Bay because of the personnel, because of the commitment, because of the general manager, because of the head coach, all of that. They adapted the offense to fit Tom. It wasn't the opposite when they wanted to take shots down the field. It wasn't the old Bruce Arians offense. It was run, play action, six seven, and protection which allowed Tom to be upright and not take a bunch of hits at his age. They surrounded him with great players. One or two go down last week. They're still loaded. Now, here's the difference. Last year at the end of the year, this team was as dominant on defense as we've seen in recent years. Now, they haven't been that this year because of injuries, both in the front seven and on the back end. Here's the scary part. They sit where they sit right now. If the defense gets well physically, they're going to be a much better team down the stretch. At the end of the day, they could be the best team in football at the end of the year. Absolutely. Howie, it is always such a pleasure. Um, It's a delight. Best to everybody. Thank you so much for this. We'll see you this coming Sunday and every week on Fox, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.
Thanks, partner. All right, take care. That's Howie Long with us here again. You see him every Sunday with the crew on Fox, and, and it's it's no longer divided up the way it used to be. There was a time when, like, Fox had all the NFC games, and it's not that way anymore. But it is worth pointing out because it was it was uh, Nance and Romo who had Bucks Bears yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was the game. They <laughs> imagine being Jim Nance and you're sitting there. I get the best game every week, and you're sitting there, and it's like. It's 28 nothing, and uh, Tony Romo is trying, God bless him, to sell that that was still a game when it was so obviously not a game. I, that's their job. I'm not criticizing them for it. Their job is to make you continue to watch um, and give you some hope, but like they could still be playing that game now, and the Bears weren't going to score a touchdown. But anyway, that, that just is interesting to me, and I didn't even think of it until this morning. At one point on the TV show, we mentioned the Raiders and said that at 5-2, and two, they have the best record in the AFC, or as good a record as anybody in the AFC. And I thought, can that be right? And of course it is right. And there's all these teams in the NFC that have one loss, and Arizona has none. So that's the way it's kind of gone. Meantime, one piece of business left. Our Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. we got the Saints at the Seahawks. What can you tell me about the game tonight, Mr. Hembo? The Saints on the road are a four-point favorite. The public likes New Orleans, but not overwhelmingly. Not enough sort of public sway one way or the other to influence your decision. So it's a football judgment. Saints minus four. See, this, what is the expression you always use? A smelly line. It's a smelly line. Because this feels to me like it's too obvious that it's the Saints, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the Seahawks, they played all right without Geno yeah. that first game, or with Geno, excuse me, without Russell. Against Pittsburgh? Yeah, they, they played, played all right. They played well. And he played all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to make of the Saints. Like, I, I told you before the season, I thought they were going to be really good and that Jameis was going to be really good, and it's been some up and some down, right? Like, they oh, yeah. put up some numbers mm-hmm. with the long ball, but generally they've been very inconsistent. Very it's part of me that kind of likes the Seahawks with the points in this one at home. Mm-hmm. It's also a tough place to play. Very. What do you think? I like the Seahawks in this game with that Do we that go line. with it? Are I like we going to go with it? Mm-hmm. All right, the Seahawks plus four at home tonight. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. That is the official prediction for tonight, Monday Night Football. Tomorrow we'll have plenty of World Series conversation. Very quickly, give everyone a taste. Nuna, you're going to love this. Give me the Dusty Baker note again. Oh, (laughs) Dusty Baker, who's managing against the Braves in the World Series this year, was on deck. He was on deck, Greeny, when Hank Aaron hit number 715 at Old Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta, coming all the way full circle in the World Series this year. And that's how old he is. We we will (laughs) have all kinds of notes like those and more tomorrow, plus plenty of football and all the usual nonsense. We will see you back in better than ever then. Same time, same place. I am Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.